you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. My man Brian Baldinger is here, of course. Look who joins us, Nick Costos. You better you bet. And we're going to talk about the betting aspect of the games coming up this week as we approach week 14, guys. And we've got some big games. Here's the deal, guys. This Chiefs game, Bills game on on Sunday, 4 o'clock window, Bills at Chiefs, it's a big spot for both teams. Um, Chiefs are favored. Obviously, they're at home. It's only one and a half right now, two points. So I'm looking at this game, and and I'm going, what happens if the Chiefs end up losing at home to the Bills when you look at the overall standings and how important this game may be? And that has nothing to do with the betting aspect of it. But, Nick and and Baldy, I just think this game is a huge spot for both teams this week. Uh, It it, it certainly is. And the angle that I'd like to take with this game, and I – I, I really want to pick Kansas City in this game because, like, the Chiefs usually win games like this. The Bills usually lose games like this. And I understand the Bills did beat them in Arrowhead in the regular season last year. Um, the problem with this is Kansas City, and it's it's not apples to apples, but it's kind of similar to the spot that the Eagles found themselves in last week against the 49ers, where, like, and, like, this is an overused term in sports betting content. Like when people talk, oh, like the spot in this game, the spot is this. And it's like, I don't think people know what they talk, they're talking about a lot of the time when they say that. But the spot in this game, like actually really favors Buffalo. Kansas City's in the middle of, of a of like a ridiculous schedule gauntlet right now. Um, and, and the Bills are coming off their bye. Like it, it, it this like the spot in this game big time favors the Buffalo Bills. So uh, look, as far as the game itself, and then I can give you like a wider range thought on like on, on the AFC here. Um I would pick Buffalo to win if I had to. I'm not going to because I feel like they could screw it up at the end because that's what they do, kind of, right? Um, I think, you know, this is where you can kind of dust off the two-team six-point teaser where you tease Buffalo up right now from one-and-a-half to seven-and-a-half where, like, okay, the Bills can lose. Are they ever getting blown out by this Chiefs offense? Is that ever happening, like, with Josh Allen on their side? Like, I say no. And Tampa right now is out of range, guys. But let's see what the injury report holds for the Bucs with the defensive injuries. Like, Tampa up to plus seven and a half. Or you could even, like, if it's not a great mathematical teaser, Denver up to plus nine against the Chargers. Like, I mean, come on. Like, a Chargers ever with that offense, Chargers ever winning by 10. So there are ways to play the Bills in the game if you don't want to take them to win. But the thought that I would give here, and we talked about this on You Better You Bet yesterday, Baldy, before you came on. We did it in the first hour of the show. So if you think... You guys, Carl Baldy, you the person watching, listening, that the Bills are going to make the playoffs. It will mean that they will have finished the season like nuclear hot, and will <laughs> and will have beaten Kansas City, Dallas, the Chargers, Miami in Week 18, and no one will want to see this team if they get in. So I actually think. Now would be the entry point. And I don't want to bet the Bills to win the Super Bowl because, like, okay, great. They get there, they're underdogs against San Francisco. Right now, they're 18 to 1 at Bet MGM to win the AFC. So I'm not I'm not saying it's like the great, it's a lock to win. Just that if you think they're gonna win this game and go on a run, then like they're gonna get in. They're gonna beat a lot of good teams on the way there, and their rating is going to be sky high, and you'll never get a price like this again. Now, the bet could die on Sunday and they could lose to the Chiefs, and then they're six and seven. So you have to think they're gonna beat Kansas City. And I think if you think that, then 18 to 1 on the Bills to win the AFC is a a, a bet worth throwing a couple bucks on. 
It's a great way to put it. Uh, Baldy, let me ask you this about... Oh, and, and, ju- and just one, one other thing on this. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this. And also, like, Kansas City's been Buffalo's bugaboo in January. If the Bills win this game, like, it, it, they wouldn't have to go to Kansas City very likely, potentially, until Championship Sunday, which obviously would... Because there are permutations right now where the Bills might have to go on Wild Card Weekend if they make it to Arrowhead. So I, that's another reason why I think this game's massive on Sunday. Sorry it to interrupt is, No, no, it's great. And, and, and that's why I said it's big for both teams. Baldy, are the Chiefs vulnerable more so than we thought? What are you seeing in the last few weeks? Or is it just the part that, that you know, Nick pointed out, this is just that tough part of the schedule? They're being challenged. Uh, I was surprised, I'll be honest, about the way Green Bay handled them uh, the other night. But what are you seeing? Well, I mean, they they have been I, – I, I feel like Kansas City, best bet right now, the way they're playing, is to become a power football team and play play their defense. Pacheco can run the ball. They can block up the run. They did it in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. They they did it at times last week. It's not what Andy Reid likes to do, but Andy Reid looks at his passing offense right now and he goes, like, you can't trust Sky Moore. You can't trust, you know, some of these guys that Scantling. Mahomes is throwing to. You can't trust Marcus, Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Yeah. Like, you just – I just don't feel like you can. And outside of Racy Rice and, you know, and obviously the tight end and Kelsey, I don't know who else he really trusts right now. And I feel like they've got to actually change things up right now in order to put them in a in positions to win these games. And I, I thought defensively they would play better against Jordan Love last week, but Jordan Love had his way. Now, the receivers were ridiculous. They made one great catch after another, but the quarterback gave him a chance. And so, look, if Josh I, – I believe Josh Allen can, be, can win this game, help win this game. He cannot – do what he tried to do at times this year and just try to, all right, you know, I got to limit my mistakes. I got to stay in the pocket. I got to play quarterback. He's just got to be Josh. Run every third and fourth down, short yardage, put it in his hands. Quarterback sneak, quarterback draw, quarterback power. Like, stop it. Like, all these guys out there, you got to protect yourself, Josh. You're not going to survive. Like, he's just got to go. Just cut it loose because they're so much better when he does that. All right, uh, you know my phrase, Nick. Get money. The easiest get money <clears throat> get money game this week has to be the Saints, right? I mean, the Saints at home, Carolina's a mess. And they're only a five-point favorite. Nick, I thought this number might be higher. I'm actually surprised at the number. Tell me I'm right about this. Um, I think I think you are. And it kind of like it gives me no pleasure to say that because I, I think the Saints are the worst. And it's not a commentary on any of these people as human beings, just that I I you mean love the Panthers, Nick. The Panthers are the worst. Oh well, no. I well, the Panthers are the worst team. I think the Saints are the worst in terms of like oh, I never oh. want to bet on them ever. Oh, I got you. I understand. Um, like Derek Carr could be like a great dude. Dennis Allen can be a great dude. I, I think they're both terrible. And I love betting against them. And I profited a lot betting against them this year. Their win total this year was outrageous. Like they're gonna this team's gonna win 10 games with this coach and quarterback. Like, no, sorry. Um, and, and it's not gonna happen, to be fair. Um, but in this game right now, and and look, like I'm not trying to pile on Carr, who just gets like I don't know that I've seen in like this era of the NFL a quarterback had hit the way this dude has this year. And like the big hits he's taken, lying there on the ground, like looking like I, I feel bad for the guy. Like two concussions in less than a month. Like I he's practicing on Wednesday in a limited fashion. Like they gotta sit this guy down. Like this is like the NFL's like, worst PR nightmare if he goes out there and gets concussed again. Like he can't play in this game. I think it's very likely to be Jameis Winston. So just Carl to answer your question on 
the point spread, right? We yeah. think it would be higher. And let's think back like three weeks a month ago, the Saints host Tyson Bajan and the Chicago Bears. New Orleans closes in the game a seven and a half point home favorite. Like through seven, one of the key numbers. Now, of course, the Saints do what the Saints do, what Carr and Allen do, and they only win the game by seven and they don't cover the spread in that game, right? <laughs> but now, now we have, it opened six and now we're, we're sitting at about five right now. And I think... I don't think I know this because like I know how betters think, right? Is that with Jameis Winston starting, likely to start, it just more volatility is introduced into the equation, right? Where the Saints winning the game by 20 is more likely now. Also, he could throw three pick sixes and the Carolinas got the guys back in their secondary. So I think that's why we're seeing some bullishness in, in Carolina. Um, I, I, I don't agree with it. I think the Saints are definitely better than Carolina, this much better than them, certainly at home here. Um, and, like, I will have a little, like, PTSD back to week two when I laid three with the Saints. And Bryce Young had the drive at the end of the game, complete with two-point conversion to push the bet, which is really annoying. Also did that last week to people that bet Tampa at the death. Very frustrating in any event. Uh, yeah, this is New Orleans for me. But the number is going to be below six. I'll lay it with the Saints. Um, if Derek Carr is the quarterback, I don't have interest in this bet, but if it's going to be Jameis, I'll roll the dice on the side of variance and I'll bet the Saints. It's a great point. <clears throat> and Jameis is, we know, I mean, can be great, as you said, and can be absolutely terrible. And that's that's a huge equation when you're talking about this number. Uh, Ravens are coming off of a bye week, guys. I just want to ask you, the Rams are a surprising team. On the road, only uh, underdogs by seven. And, and I, I'm looking at this game and I'm going, are the Rams going to cover this? Am I a little bit crazy here to think that they could go? Now, listen, I think the Ravens win the game, but I'm like, could the Rams cover this seven on Sunday? Yeah, I I, I think they could. Um, unfortunately, with this game and a couple other this week, we we are going to deal with like major weather concerns as we approach the True. game. True. So so as of right now, and like I think people will look at like the offenses here and see like the total in the game, which is what it's forty, right? Be like, wow, like that that feels really low. I have like the weather up right now, and look, like this stuff's very fickle, can change obviously. Um, twenty mile mile an hour winds. Yeah. So like so, and I think we've talked about this on the show before, but just for like newer listeners or viewers, if you're looking to bet totals in the NFL around weather. It's not snow and look and like Baldy played. He can tell you this also. It's wind is what fouls things up. Wind is what's really going to screw things up. Like if it snows, the offense knows where it's going. The defense doesn't. We call it snowvers, like betting snow overs in the NFL. Wind is what's going to mess things up. So right now we have to handicap this game at this moment. And look, maybe things change and maybe it clears up and then we can have like a conversation like the game is played in like a dome or whatever. But right now we have to handicap this game as if like the passing games are going to be impaired. And if that's the case, I, I kind of like, I, I guess the Rams can keep it close because their run game has been excellent with Kyron Williams, right? Um, and on the flip side, I'm curious to see what the Ravens are going to do coming out of their bye and what the running back distribution is going to be. Because in, in the last game, the Ravens before the bye, we kind of saw Gus Edwards was relegated to just like short yardage and goal line. Justice Hill outsnapped him and Keaton Mitchell was the, was the team's number one running back. So like if they're going to do that and Keaton Mitchell's going to be the one, it's more of an explosive element to this Ravens offense here. I actually think like this game can get over the total, even if the win's going to be really bad. Make me pick the game right now. I'll lay Baltimore begrudgingly. You could also wait till this goes up to seven and a half, which I think it will. You could tease Baltimore down as an option to play it. Tough to give you a first thought on the game right now until we know what the weather is going to be fair uh and we can't take that for granted it's a huge part of how we look at these games it's in the huddle guys carl dukes along with brian baldinger our man nick costos follow him and follow his podcast as well all right guys sunday night what happens cowboys at home against the eagles 
We know the Eagles are a little banged up. Three and a half points for the Cowboys. I'm leaning Dak, and he continues this quest to be the MVP. They get revenge for the loss that they had up in Philly, right? Everything's going to fall into their favor. Here, I want, can I, I want to ask Baldy a question? Because I've yeah. been kind of like thinking about this. How big of a deal do you think it is, Baldy, for Dallas Goddard to come back in this game against the oh, Cowboys? Oh, it's huge. It is, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they haven't thrown to a tight end, basically, since he's been out. They're running four wide with like Julio Jones and, and Zacchaeus. So like, yeah. and Goddard's 50 times better than both those guys right now. And, you know, he's just a big target in the middle of the field. And they needed it last week against San Francisco when they just took everything else away. So I think it's a big it's a big deal. And plus, the run game was non-existent last week. I mean, he's a very good blocker. He's a true Y. They have a strong side run game with him. You could put him against Nick Bosa and get a stalemates. They couldn't do that last week with anybody else. Um, I'm curious, um, just like from a non-point spread perspective, just like with player props and stuff, I think it's really in like fantasy football is all this stuff kind of like bleeds together is really interesting. Um, the Eagles run game has not been great. I'm curious if they're going to dust off Rashad Penny in this game. And sure. I I thought this might happen like a couple weeks ago and he was like a healthy scratch. So like may, maybe not. But Swift hasn't looked great. They haven't been able to get anything going. And to Baldy's point, maybe it's just having Goddard back will really fix their run game. I'm, I, I think if if like we get to 90 minutes before kickoff on Sunday, and Penny's active in the game, I think that tells you that like he's that they're going to use him. Like he's not yeah. going to be active. Yeah, just he's to, got five carries this year. He's got five. So, so, like, so, so like you think no, and like that's fair. Like you could well, be right. I'm not saying I'm not so saying no you're wrong. Like I don't know what Nick is going to think, but it would surprise me mm. in this spot a guy that literally has not been used. And I thought he would be used. I thought he would be active. They they have this committee, Nick, where Gainwell gets these particular touches, Boston Scott gets his, and Swift gets his. Now, if they're held to 12 runs like they did last week, like there's not enough for anybody. But if they get up to 25, then you, you kind of see how they use them. But I just haven't seen, like, who they're going to take somebody off the field if they're going to put Penny active. And I just don't know which one of those because they love Gainwell and Boston's got play special teams. So I, I don't know exactly who they're going to take off. So this is just like with stuff like this, like as betters, fantasy players trying to get ahead of potential situations, Penny could be inactive in the game. Like if we get there and he's inactive on Sunday night, I'm, I'm going to bet him to score a touchdown in the game, et cetera. We won't know that until Sunday night. So I guess I have a couple things. I, I like the over in the game. I think we're definitely going to see, see scoring in the games. So we could start there. I know Baldy likes the over in the game as well. We talked about it on my on my show yesterday. As far as as far as the point spread in the game is concerned, it's okay. This is kind of like the spot thing that we talked about. Dallas could not have a more advantageous spot in this game against Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. The Eagles are in the midst of one of the great schedule gauntlets in recent memory, like makes the Chiefs like makes the Chiefs gauntlet they're in right now look like they've been playing like the bottom feeders of the league. Like it's it's insane what the Eagles have gone through over the last couple of weeks. And like they look like they were out of gas last week against the 49ers. And look, that's a miss by me. I liked the Eagles last week. I completely overlooked that. And that's and I paid the price because I have less money when the game ended than when it started. Um, so I I paid the price on that one. If you're the Cowboys, you couldn't ask for a better spot here. You've played on back-to-back -back Thursdays at home, yep. third consecutive home game, extra rest. 
it lines up for Dallas to win this game. And I don't want to say like blow the doors off them the way the Niners did. I don't think Dallas is as good as San Francisco, but it all lines up for Dallas where I'm getting tripped up. And look, I, I may be overthinking it here. Everyone's prone to doing that from time to time. I'm kind of thinking having Goddard back is going to fix this offense because now they can run their offense. Cause like they don't have another tight end. Like maybe they need to bring Ertz back. Maybe that's what needs to happen. <laughs> I mean, seriously, maybe yeah. that's what they need because you can't run four wide with two guys that can't play. And Julio's a hall of famer, but he's not, not anymore. And Zacchaeus is whatever. Quez Watkins is whatever, but now the offense is going to be 50 times better with Goddard. I think that helps get the game over the total. Maybe it helps the Eagles cover the spread. I'm gun shy, honestly, on Philly in this spot, because again, like if you're scripting this out, you couldn't script a better scenario for Dallas coming into this game, a massive high leverage game. Yeah, you're not going to win with decoys. And Julio and company are decoys. And, and I, you know, the opposing teams know it. So uh, I, I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. If Dallas wins, you're going to have a lot of people jumping on and saying, look, this, this is the real deal. They're, they're coming. Um, but I, I think, Baldy, and we'll get more into this as we continue on here once we get done with Nick. I you're right. I think Nick Sirianni says, look, I got to take some pressure off of Jalen, man. We got to run the football. And that's where I think you talked about that 20, 25, whatever that number is going to be, um, specifically going into this week. You just don't want Micah Parsons pinning his ears back. So it's going to be interesting. I want to get to the two Monday night games. Guys, we've got two Monday night games this week. We're in December. You get Saturday football in NFL. You get Monday. But we've got the Dolphins 13-point favorite playing another bad team, right? And they play great against bad teams. Titans are not great. Dolphins at home. There's two in company cover this. And oh, by the way, give me the odds. And I didn't ask you this beforehand. So if you don't have it in front of you, but that I, I'm just curious about the cheetah's chances of winning the MVP because we cannot dismiss what he is doing right now. I, I bet him earlier this week. Okay. Um, okay. I'm happy that you asked that question. Uh, I, I understand. Look, when it comes to betting awards, and I'll give you a thought thought on the game. I have a bet on the game also, and I have a bet on the Packers Giants game. When it comes to betting awards, um, it has to there. It reaches a point where it has to stop being like what your opinion is, and it has to start being like like what are what are the people that vote going to do? It's like the people that were betting Michael Penix to win the Heisman last week before Washington Oregon. Well, it's like well, if they go undefeated, he should win. It's like okay, great. Or like there was a straw poll that the athletic ran with all the voters and like no one voted for panics. And now Jaden Daniels is going to win. Great. Like you can, I, I think that Dak should, win. okay, great. Doesn't mean he's like, that's what people are going to vote for. So I think we're in a spot now where everyone can think it's a quarterback award only. And it's been that for a long time, right? Since Adrian Peterson was the last non-quarterback. Mm -hmm. I, but I think what we may have, and, and you're, and if you're going to bet Tyreek, like you need to do it now because the Titans, we talk about it every week. Like, how is he not going for 150 in this game against this second? Like, Alec Pierce blew the top off this defense on the first drive for the Colts. Like, the Tyreek's going for 150 in this game, and, and the nation's going to be watching. And he's probably going to get 2,000 yards. So, I, I think Tua is miscast as the MVP candidate for this team. I think Tyreek's the MVP candidate. So, let's say the Eagles win on Sunday night. Or for, even if they don't win on Sunday night, Eagles win the division. I don't think Dak wins because the Cowboys will be the fifth seed in their own conference. I don't think Dak wins. I also don't think Jalen wins. I don't think Mahomes can win the award at this point. I think Lamar Jackson's extremely unlikely to win. Maybe Purdy can get can get home there, but I think people like kind of ding Purdy because it's like, oh, well, I throw the ball two yards to Debo Samuel. He runs 60. Who gets the credit there? So I'm not saying Purdy can't win just that if there was ever going to be a non-quarterback, it's this guy. 
and you need to do it now because he's going to go for 150 to 200 on Monday well, night. Like, how is it not happening? I, I I did Miami last week. I talked to Tyreek before the game, and I said, 2,000? He goes, I'm going for it, Baldy, but, you know, he, and, he's, and he points to his leg and his ankle, and he's like, you know, I just got to be able to hold up. I don't know that I can. And so the third play of the game, he goes 78. <laughs> You know, Washington. You know, and I'm doing this Monday night game, and I'll see him down the field before the game, and I'll say Tyree, two thousand, and he'll probably because he was in and out of the line. He's been in and out of the lineup every week, yeah, for the last three or four weeks right now, and he's banged up. But you know, they have a chance for a number one seed, and he, you know, him going for two thousand, it helps their chances. It's not about you know stat grabbing. It helps their team become a number one seed, and they're competing with Baltimore and Kansas City and others, but. Like, they could be a number one thing. Their schedule gets very, very tough down the stretch. But, like, they got to make their layups. But you could you could certainly pad those stats in games like this on Monday night. Think about how good Jalen Waddle is. Waddle doesn't get the ball because Tyreek gets it. It's like the Waddle only, only gets it. And, like, people that drafted Waddle in fantasy, like me in a couple of leagues, like, Waddle only gets the ball when Tyreek leaves. When Tyreek has to exit the game, then Waddle becomes like Tyreek and he's not as good as – just like – and Waddle's really good – just like Ty- Tyreek's better. Anyway, the bet on this game. Uh, I, the total is 46 and a half. Like, okay, great. I'll bet the over. Miami's going to score. What's Miami's floor in this game? Like the minimum number of points the Dolphins score. Okay, so okay, great, right? Because like the secondary's brutal. Great. Here's Tyreek Hill. And also Jeffrey Simmons isn't playing. Here's Devon H. and Raheem Mostert. Nighty night. See ya. <laughs> By the way, uh, I did this on my national show, guys. We haven't seen a player like Tyreek affect the game since Randy Moss. That it's it's absolutely, it's absolutely it's absolutely fair. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and the comparison as to how teams feared Moss and how they fear Tyreek and taking the top off, and you go, we've got guys 25, 30 yards back there, and it doesn't matter. This dude's still making plays, and we just haven't seen it since Randy was yeah. in the league. All yeah. right, Packers, Giants, before we let you go, Nick. It's the other Monday night game. By the way, both games starting at the same time. So one's yeah. going to be on ESPN, one's going to be on ABC. But, uh, and Baldy just mentioned he's going to be at the Dolphins game. Packers, uh, Giants. I, I want to believe in what I'm seeing with, with Jordan Love, and I just believe the Packers continue to roll here. That's what I want to believe. But I like DeVito. I like this DeVito guy. He's showing me something. Well, as uh, as someone who is part Italian and married into like one of like the the most Italian family you could possibly imagine in Staten Island, New York, I can tell you that we are also fans of Tommy DeVito, and as a lifelong <laughs> Giants fan, also we are big Tommy DeVito fans. Um, so like betting wise in this game, like we I've given you a lot of like on field handicaps, situational spots, right, with like Dallas and Buffalo. Sure. Um, I think this is a number play, like a point spread number play. So right now at BetMGM. This is Packers. My, so on the screen right now, it says Packers are six and a half point favorite. So it's six and a half minus 115, which means basically that this is now like in between six and a half and seven, like trending towards going to Packers minus seven. If that's the case, I think you bet the Giants. Um, and I'm not like Jordan loves awesome. And I think the Packers are very likely to win the game. I think that this is just, it's like the stock market sometimes. Um, it's like buying low and selling high. This is like the ultimate sell high on the Packers where like they're they're six and they're going to be a touchdown favorite on the road at a well-coached team. And the Giants are coming off their bye. I'm not saying the Giants are good. That's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the point spread's too high. Green Bay is better for sure. I think Green Bay will win the game. 
Just that I think the point spread's a little too high. The other thing that we absolutely have to watch for here, and like Matt, I'm, I got a bone to pick with Matt LaFleur right now because this guy told me on Monday that I would find out about Christian Watson on Tuesday because some of us are in high-stakes fantasy football leagues and we need to know if Christian Watson's playing in this game. And I still don't know if he's playing with that hamstring injury. I still don't know what's going on with Christian Watson. So I got a bone to pick with the Packers right now. Yeah. Is, is, is Watson playing in the game? If he doesn't, like that's kind of a big deal, right? With the way he's been playing and like Wicks is good and Reed is good and Dobbs is good and Kraft's been good filling in for Busgrave. Also like Watson's their best receiver when he's healthy and he is right now. So I think that matters a lot also. I don't know if he's playing. I mean, it didn't really look like he got the I don't shot. Know, Nick, it didn't look good the way he went down. Yeah, but like, but like there was optimism early in the week. Like he's moving around. Who the hell? I don't think he's going to play, which like absolutely sucks. I'm, I'm venting. Uh, I like the Giants to keep the game closer than expected. Not to win, but I think the point spread's a little too high. Boy, that was a, that was a lot of personal stuff in there. I mean, Roy, how much money is this fantasy? Well, oh, well, I, mean, I, I play a lot of them, and like, there's a, and, and also like, I, I can we have a moment of silence for Tank Dell, please? Can the Texans not use this guy like he's Rob Gronkowski blocking at the goal line, please? God Almighty, <laughs> brutal. It was brutal, no oh. doubt. Nick, tell the people where they can follow you and uh, check out You Better You Bet. I just got to tell you, I love this stuff, man. Uh, yeah, You Better You Bet, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern weekdays, uh, Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. to 1. Uh, Odyssey app, BetQL app, YouTube, Twitch, radio stations nationwide, simulcast on stadium, whole show carried on Sirius and XM. Well, great job as always. Guys, it's always fun to visit. Check out Nick, and uh, we will talk to you next week, my friend. Enjoy the games. Wishing everybody minimal sweats when he bets the absolute very best of luck. Christian Watson, please get out there on Monday night. <laughs> Nick Costos, everybody. Carl Dukes, put him up, along with my man Brian Baldinger and Baldy. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to look at here as we head into week 14 of the NFL schedule. Um, I think this five-week stretch – right, with, with the games this weekend, most important time of the year. Um, we've had big games early, but now it, it's, it feels like, all right, things are getting tighter. The moments are getting bigger. You've got to show up. You've got to come through. We're talking about playoff positioning. So there's a lot at stake here. And, you know, as we record this podcast, it's Thursday. I just want to ask you, how in the hell are the Steelers 7-5? and five? Because I'm looking at this team. They're at home tonight against the Patriots, and I'm going – how is Mike T doing this and a team that's seven and five in the playoff hunt with what I've witnessed and what I've seen? And now he doesn't have the quarterback out there, at least for a few weeks. Well, they're running the ball much, much better the last month. Um, so that's 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 helped. Uh, defensively, they've overcome a lot of injuries. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick was out and, um, you know, Cam Jordan, Cam Hayward was out. I mean, they've, they've had a lot, their share of injuries to great players. But, you know, he coaches to win a game. And so that's how they play it. They they play every game tight because offensively they're not going to score a lot of points. So it's it's how the game is managed. They have not played well at home. They've played a lot of games this year in the rain in Pittsburgh in bad weather. And that's kind of affected things uh, like it did last week against Arizona. Um, but, you know, just when you think that, that they, they can't come out of the crypt, that they're dead, you know, they find ways to, to win games and that's just what it's, and they just keep, you know, and they, they're not, they're, they haven't gone through any stretch stretch this year where they're just stacking wins. They haven't done anything like that. So, you know, these find ways to win games that are close. 
Last week got away from them and they couldn't come back. Yeah, I uh, again, I, I did not think the Steelers would be a, a ten point, you know, or ten win team this year under the circumstances, but they have a shot to do that. And you know, tonight's a really good spot for them, regardless of the personnel. Just because the Patriots are such a bad team right now and, and have been all year long. I want to ask you about last week with the Texans and Broncos. I know you break down all the games and check out Baldy's breakdowns, guys. He puts stuff out there all the time. Texans get that interception, goal line stand in essence, right, to, to, to win the game against Russell Wilson. Texans on the road against the Jets. Before we get to that, are you buying everything you're seeing with the Houston Texans right now with where they were and now where they are and what's going on? Is this just, hey, a function because all these games, the last five weeks, Baldy, it's been late game heroics, whether it's been C.J. Stroud or the defense for the Texans. I think they're in a tough spot this weekend in New York. Uh, you know, they, the Jets have played a ton of home games. And, you know, it hadn't been very entertaining for the fans outside of a win against the Eagles and the, the first Monday night game against Buffalo. I think I was just up there yesterday at the Jets and – I just feel like this defense played great last week. I mean, they should have beaten Atlanta. Uh, they just needed one score, just Could finished be. one drive. They would have won the game. They shut down that, you know, a pretty powerful running attack. Um, it's not like they have big monsters inside. They just play – they play the game the right way. They just play it really hard. Like, there's no quit in this defense. And so, you know, I, I don't know what the loss of Tank Dell is going to be. I know this. Like, D.J. Reed. And Sauce Gardner can't wait for Nico Collins to come to town. Now, he had a monster game last week. Obviously, you know, Denver did not do a good job of slowing him down. Um, I feel like they can do that with what they have. And so, you know, we're just going to see, like, can the Jets back with Zach Wilson here? You know, can they put up 13 points? Because that might be all it takes to win this game. I don't know if they can um, because they haven't shown much signs of being able to score touchdowns, obviously, all year. But I feel like this is do or die for Zach, not just for the Jets, but for his entire career. So if they're ever going to get some kind of a good performance from Zach Wilson, this is the week to do it. Just, just because they went back to him only because they realized they don't have anything else. This is it. And so Trevor Simeon and Tim Boyle, like, just send him to the bus stop. This is it. So I feel like this is the last stop for Zach, certainly in New York. And I don't know who else is really – so I feel like this is a spot where the Jets could actually upset the, the Texans this week. Baldy, tell me where Robert Sala is, because I know this has been a trying season. He's tried to handle it, I think, in, in, for the most part, the right way. The only thing I did, I'm, I was disagreeing with him and disappointed in is, you know, the, the backup plan. Once Aaron went down, and that's not really Robert, right? That's the GM, and, and Douglas has to make that decision but you had to make a decision on where you wanted to go if you didn't trust Zach. And then they stayed the course, and now they're in this position. Where is he at mentally? How is he handling this? Does he think his job's on the line? Well, his defense is still playing strong. They're still playing very, very good. You have to think that your job is on the line. I, you know, the circumstances are circumstances. They messed up the backup quarterback job. I mean, Joe Flacco was out there. He's played for the Jets on two different occasions. Yep. And look what he did, you know, for Cleveland last week. He looked better than any quarterback played outside of, you know, the first four plays of Aaron Rodgers. Look, they went all in on Aaron and all of his – and it backfired this year. Maybe, you know, maybe there's another second chance. But it backfired everything that they did. And the offensive line can't stay healthy. I don't know what coach – I don't know what coach, honestly. Sean Payton, you know, pick a coach. Andy Reid, I don't know what coach 
could make this thing work. The only one thing I'm a little disappointed in is just his level of interaction with players during a game when they commit stupid penalties or, you know, they're getting these altercations at the end of games. Like, take charge. Clean it up. Like, you're in charge. You can't let these things snowball and spiral out of control. And that's the head coach's job. He's not calling plays. He's not calling defenses. Uh, he trusts his coordinators. That's fine. But I think he's got to do a better job in-game of handling certain situations. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dix with you. Jason Lock on four, part of this podcast as well. It's In the Huddle. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends. And, of course, you can watch us on YouTube at In the Huddle Pod. Baldy, after last week's beatdown, are you ready to proclaim San Francisco as the best team in the NFL? I am. They, you know, they still got a big game against Baltimore and division game this weekend against Seattle. There's some big games left to be played. But <clears throat> I saw Fred Warner three weeks ago um, after they after the bye and after they lost three in a row. And I just said, are you guys back? Is this Are we going to see the 49ers the rest of the season? And he thought that this is, we're ready to roll. He wasn't just like giving me like, you know, false hope or just words. I, I, I think he really felt like it. They're playing so fast right now and executing so well, yeah. right out of the box. I mean, ex executing just, you know, very quickly to start these games. And, you know, um, and they're and they're healthy outside of Bufango went down. But this Jair Brown's a good player, really good player. So I feel like what they've got at the defensive back position, it's the best I've seen their secondary play. When you look at what Traverius Ward did last week, uh, Dominor, Lenore, and Ambry Thomas, they're playing really good football. Um, and then the quarterback is, despite what Nick thinks, like he's a real MVP candidate. Like he, yeah. he is. Can we, can we talk about this for a second, Baldy? Because I'm glad you brought this up. Because, um, you know, I've been on this earlier in the year, just watching and, and observing and, and talking to the people that out there in San Francisco about Purdy and his makeup. And I know you've been big on this, but part of this damn bias is people have in their mind that he's still Mr. Irrelevant. Yes, no he's doubt. Not the bad title. Yes, he's not. He no. is a guy that got drafted, and I always say this, Baldy. I don't give a damn where you're drafted. It's what you do once you get on the field. And I think this bias with Purdy is like, yeah, he's Mr. Irrelevant. You don't want to give him the credit he deserves for what he's yes. doing right now and how he's guiding this offense and leading this team. And it's just, I think it's it's an insult, to be honest with you. And I'm with you. I think it's Purdy's award to lose, to be quite honest with you right now. Um, and I also think that he's been probably the most efficient quarterback all season when you start to break down the critical numbers. Last week, Baldy, they were 72% they were on third down last week against the Eagles. Well, not only that, but, you know, he threw four touchdowns. Uh, no, And he had, didn't make a mistake. Didn't make a mistake on the road in Philadelphia against a 10-1 and team. He was the highest-rated quarterback last year in the league. He's the highest-rated quarterback this year. Um, this isn't going away. I mean, he might have a bad game. He, you know, he can throw – he might throw an interception like he did against Cincinnati or Cleveland. It's going to happen uh, because he stays aggressive. Like, interceptions aren't always a bad thing. Like, you got to – like, their mentality is to attack. And so he attacks. But, you know, his decision-making, the way he sees the field. I mean, just study the games. Like, his ability to go through progressions, I mean, it's as good as Joe Burrow. It's as good as anybody in this business right now. And he just is so sure. And, and whatever he's got to do, he broke tackles last week, he extended plays, um, whatever it takes. Uh, he, you know, he's he got this one stat, yards per attempt. 
It's kind of like one of these obscure facts. You know, what is this? Like, he's a yard greater than anybody else in this business. Mm-hmm. And you think about Tua and how he throw the ball to Tyreek, yeah. you know, or you think about uh, a guy like Josh Allen and what he does down the field on when he gets outside the pocket. Like, he's a yard better than anybody else in the league. He's almost 10 yards an attempt. Like, that's never been done before. Like, he's, he's the highest quarterback rating of all time in his starts. And so, yeah, uh, he's he's I, – I, but you're totally right. I mean, people just want to put him in this category that is Mr. Irrelevant. And, you know, he you got to show me. you got to show me. Well, he shows you every week, and he continues to. Yeah, I, I just don't take it for granted. Everybody wants to say, you know, hey, Shanahan – and Shanahan's great. But but you still have to have the buy-in and the ability to do what you're being asked to do. And I've always said this, Baldy. Once the ball's hiked, you know this. Coach can't do shit. <laughs> you know, it's now it's now on the player to deliver the football where he needs to. And Purdy is doing a hell of a job. A hell of a job. Well, I mean, not just that, but real quick, Carl. Like this offense is not easy to operate. There is motion to shift every single play. You got to get everybody lined up. All right, you know, you're you're stretching the field from sideline to sideline. You know, you got to go right side, left side uh, constantly. And then they attack the middle of the field like nobody else in this business. And these throws in the middle of the field are dangerous throws. Balls get tipped. Balls get intercepted. It's a dangerous – people want to take the middle of the field away, yet he keeps attacking the middle of the field. All right, Baldy, let's talk about this Bills-Chiefs game. Four o'clock window on Sunday. I mean, like, I want to believe Buffalo has turned this corner. A few weeks ago, they let their offensive coordinator go. Whether you thought it was his fault or not, Dorsey is the scapegoat. This thing's look different. Why is it looking different? What are you seeing on film that that is allowing Buffalo to, to look the way they are right now? Uh, you know, I just, I'm doing this breakdown for the NFL Network for tomorrow night on their offense. And first of all, Josh has just said, to hell with trying to protect my body. Like, I'm running. <laughs> He's taking off right now. He scored two touchdowns, ran for two touchdowns uh, against the Eagles. They couldn't tackle him. He's, you know, he'll he'll drop back in his seven-step hitch and throw. He'll um, go Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis in progression. But after that, it, if he's got to get to the third receiver, he's moving. Mm-hmm. And he's moving very efficiently. And they're running the ball much better up front. Um, the two guards that they brought in, one the rookie, um, Osiris uh, Torrance, like he's he's a good football player. And then the left guard, McGovern, he's like, they're much better up front. And James Cook is an elite back. So they're running the ball a lot better. And Josh Allen is saying, to hell with what everybody else wants me to do. I'm going to do it my way. And look, they they easily could have beaten the Eagles two weeks ago. They got to buy. I expect this offense to be humming against Kansas City. Can they approach? Can Josh approach this Kansas City defense with that attitude, with the way Kansas City has played? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Gibson's got great defense, great, great speed on defense, especially if Bolton's back at inside linebacker. Uh, you know, they've got every blitz in a book, blitzes that you can't prepare for. So, but if he feels it or sees it, um, they've had success against him with these corner blitzes and some of the things that Spags does. But you know, he's, he's played his team enough to know, like, anticipate the blitz zeros, the corner cats, like some of the things that Spags is known for. I think you get to a point where you play this team enough in the playoffs, in the regular season, they played each other a bunch. I, I think his anticipation of some of this stuff will be a lot better. What about what's going on with Patrick Mahomes? Or is there anything going on? It's not necessarily Mahomes. It's a function of other guys on this offense. What's the deal? Yeah, I, like, you know, look, I don't know how they don't call pass interference. 
against Marquette, you know, against Brutal. Green Bay Brutal. at the end of that game, Carl. Like the back judge is looking right at the play. The guys, the guys throw a cape over the top of Marquez Valdez Cantley. Yep. You know, if they throw the flag, the way 99% of any play like that in this league gets flagged, like your first down to three, you probably win the game. So, I mean, so, but the point of that conversation is the margin is just that thin. They're, they don't have, because of just just the lack of, it's not a lack of trust because Mahomes is going to throw it to whoever he thinks is open. But, you know, so he throws a ball the other day to Sky Moore. And, you know, he, he kind of chokes it down a little bit. He looks back for the ball. And Mahomes is throwing it to a spot. And he's basically saying, go to the spot. The ball will be there. And, you know, the ball gets, you know, gets intercepted. And it's it's not really it's it's on Mahomes. He threw the interception, but if Sky Moore just ran. It's not an interception. Yeah. So like, there's some of that going on, and I don't know outside of Rishi Rice and Travis Kelsey right now. You know, Jet McKinnon isn't out there. Like, I don't know who he trusts. And so, like I've been saying, like I think they could become a power football team with Pacheco, and they could just they they probably would would probably and not to say that you should take the ball out of Mahomes' hands. That's kind of silly, but. Like, I think they could run the ball more than they are right now. Yeah, and maybe, you know, that gets the other things going for the Chiefs. It's going to be a great game. Uh, we are in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us, as we say, and make sure that uh, you check us out. All right, we got to talk about Cowboys-Eagles. Uh, I know you're at the Dolphins game, but I want to get your take before we get out of here about Cowboys-Eagles because Dak Prescott is playing unbelievable. It's just, you know, there's no other way to put it. Can he do it again on Sunday? And not that he played bad in the last Eagles game. Boldly, we talked about it. He played really well, but they didn't win the game. And so, you know, this league's about winning and winning these big games. What happens on Sunday night as the Eagles? Well, I mean, just the eye test. The eye test is the Cowboys are playing better than the Eagles. Now, a lot of the Cowboys' victories are against, you know, Washington and some, you know, also ran teams. But it's interesting, like, in that last game five weeks ago against the Eagles, Dak got sacked five times in that game. Um. He's been sacked four times in the last four games. Like, they have fixed their protections. If Terrence Steele is struggling, they're going to give him help against Hassan Reddick or whoever's out there. Um, their protection's gotten a lot better. Dak's movement is elite. And how he's extending these plays. The, the Eagles had nobody, including Darius Slay, that could cover C.D. Lamb in the last game. Like, he's on a he's on a riff and on a tear right now, almost like nobody else in his business. And it's, and, but the, the good thing for Dallas is it's way more than just CD. Like if he sees Slay or he sees, you know, Eli Ricks or Bradley Roby and they're in man coverage on CD Lamb, he's going to tear them apart um, and they'll go to him. So I feel like now that Ferguson has really come on and really developed and Brandon Cooks is a part of this thing, you know, and Jalen Tolbert's a part of it. Like in the way that they're protecting and the way that they're staying healthy every week up front. Like, I can't see the Eagles stopping the, the Cowboys and slowing them down. Like, I think they've got a 30 spot in them for sure. It's just a question of can the Eagles match their scores right now? And they can. They can. Uh, but that's, to me, 52 is the over and under. Like, I think this thing gets into the 60s in this game on Sunday night. Well, it'll be entertaining as hell if it does. And I agree with you. Cowboys are a three-point favorite, three-and-a-half-point favorite. It's going to be a lot of fun. Baldy, have fun calling the Dolphins game. Listen, that offense, and we'll talk more about this next week. I want to see what they do against the Titans. I think it'll be what it's been. But I want to get your take on this Mike McDaniel phenomenon thing that's happened with the Dolphins because I know you've had them for a couple of weeks now, and it's it's pretty cool. 
Do you own a pair of off whites? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we ended up talking about his off white shoes at the, in the fourth quarter of the game because it was just that one sided on Sunday against Washington. All right, Baldy, take care, guys. Follow him and check out his breakdowns. Enjoy the game in Miami, and uh, we'll talk next week. All right, well, you guys. Enjoy the games, everybody. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 